candidly, just between you and me, how much Pepsi do you think you drink on an average day? I really do like Pepsi. Really? What's your I favorite really kind? Do. My favorite kind of Pepsi, Pepsi's Pepsi. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, I saw another doctor for my collarbone yesterday, and uh, a week ago I saw a doctor who said um, the x-rays were looking good, that the bone was fusing, uh, that I should, should stop wearing the sling and start trying to move my arm as much as I can. Uh, and it's, it's definitely, there's like a limited range of motion. Like I, you know, with my, I can touch my left wrist to my right shoulder, but I can't touch my right wrist to my left shoulder just mm. to give an idea of like how I <laughs> are, you know, and I, you know, my, my fear is, you know, part of that is just like the bone fusing, not perfectly is going to cause a permanent lack of range of motion but they keep telling me you know like it's it's gonna come back you know the tendons and the muscles you know I, like i still have a huge bruise on my chest and arm yeah. seven weeks later yeah so like i know that you know it's it's gonna take a while but i go see this other doctor yesterday older guy and he didn't x-ray me but he just kind of looked at it and goes yeah it's not it's it's not healing fast enough <laughs> he's <laughs> not there's not I'm, I'm not seeing enough new bone tissue and i'm like really because the last guy saw said it was great he's like who'd you see dr allen i'm like yeah uh he goes oh he's a pa of only 20 years i have 40 years experience (laughs) i was like it's kind of unprofessional because like yeah sure you probably shouldn't say that (laughs) like doctors talking shit on other doctors like that's i didn't know that was a thing but apparently uh yeah and uh, again like like what do you know after 40 years of working with broken bones that you did wouldn't know after 20 years like that's still like a whole career's worth <laughs> maybe that was his nice way of saying oh yeah that guy's a fucking putz and you know don't don't go to him i mean it clearly it's i mean this is chicago so like you know this guy's looked like he was in his 70s this this older doctor so like he's from a different era you know mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of, you know, we're kind of going back and forth and it's like, I, I you know, he, he's like, I'm a surgeon. I've been a surgeon for 40, 45 years. So I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, I don't know. Don't, okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, but he said, you know, he, he said, he said like, based on the, my, my range of motion already, that that would indicate that it is healing, but the pain I'm still feeling indicates that it's not healing, right. at least not fast enough. So I'm getting like, you know, second opinions that conflict with each other here. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I just really don't want to, you know, and end up having to get surgery for this. And he's like, did I say anything about surgery? And I'm like, I, you mentioned being a surgeon. So it was, <laughs> I was just like, this, this guy's energy was like, definitely like, like, you know, no, no bedside manner, you know, right, like right, as right, far right. as trying to, <laughs> um, and then the fucking, the, so 
you know, being that I can't drive because I'm on fucking painkillers and I don't want a car, um, you know, and, I, and I'm going to these clinics all over the fucking city, you know, the uh, so Medicare Illinois has a patient care navigator that, and they've been scheduling uh, lift rides for me. Oh, nice. Right. And because I don't, I don't fucking fuck around with lift or app, whatever thing, you know, so they've been doing that for me. Problem is between, you know, the company that takes the call to do that and then they send the request to another thing and then somebody else types it up to send the lift. It's like there's so many there's so many different levels of, of where someone can make a mistake. So yesterday they initially sent me to the wrong address, oh, sent me the wrong fucking address. Right. And I get there and they're like, oh, you're supposed to be at our other clinic on the other side of this part of the suburb outside the city limit. I'm like, oh, well, that's fucked. <laughs> so uh, the the doctor who was there real quickly, like, ordered me another Uber and just showed me his phone and says, you know, take a picture of this. We'll be down there in seven minutes. I'm like, cool. All right. So I get to where I'm supposed to be, but I'm half an hour late now. Right. right. And the lobby's huge, but it's only about five or six people. But I'm like, I, am I going to have, you know, I'm like there's only one doctor there. So they're not really moving through quick, very quickly. And I'm thinking, well, my fucking ride's going to come, but I'm still going to be here, you know? So I, you know, call up the patient care navigator. I'm like, Hey, I need you to move my pickup time back by, you know, say half an hour to an hour. So they do that. And I also said, Hey, by the way, you sent me the wrong address. We need to update the address too. So what they did was the person made a brand new appointment for me. Didn't update my current appointment. Right. So, the the regular pickup driver still showed up to the wrong address uh, at the you know at the original time oh, they were supposed to pick me up. So because I wasn't there, and you know I'm I'm now in the appointment, not paying attention to my phone. They mark that as a no show, and if you're a no show, they cancel all your future appointments after that. Right. This so I get a text saying your ride's been canceled. You know my my later one, so I call in to the to the uh, what is it like motive care is what they call it directly myself to to make sure that I still have an appointment. And they're like, oh no, that was canceled. I'm like, okay, well I need a new appointment. I need you to just go come to this address, pick me up, you know, drop me off at my home. So they're like, okay, that's all set. I get a text uh, when they're supposed to show up. Says your ride's here. Nobody's there. Right. And so even though I told them the new address, made a whole new appointment by myself, they sent the fucking car to the wrong address again. <laughs> and now it's like a quarter to five and they're shutting down this clinic for the day. And I'm not really dressed to be hanging out outside. <laughs> um, and this is, you know, like I'm I'm still I've only been out of the sling for a week. So just just being out and around and going out and doing shit, it's you know, it still hurts, you know. Right. Um, so I'm still fucking sitting there and I call them back again. I'm like, you sent the car to the wrong address again, again. And they're like, oh, well, we'll send another one. I'm like, how long is it going to be like, oh, well, we just put in the request and then somebody else does a thing. So, you know, I'm like, again, how does anything fucking work? So then I'm standing there and I'm on the phone and <laughs> out comes the doctor and his assistant. And he's like, what are you still doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like the fucking ride thing. And I just explain it real quick. And he's like, all right, well, see you later. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> great, great. So a, a car finally did show up. And it was for me at the right address and the driver was great. I told her what happened. She's like, oh, that's terrible. Let me check and make sure that, you know, the home address is correct on this thing, too. Uh, and, I, you know, got me home. I thanked her. And I was, you know, thanks for getting me home today. Like, she has a choice. And <laughs> right, right. But still, you know, whatever. 
I'll tell you though, um, from all these rides I've had to take to clinics, uh, I, I, I feel like, like nobody's rear shocks are more fucked than Lyft drivers <laughs> and Uber drivers. Cause they're just, they're just driving the car nonstop throughout right. the whole day. Right. So like the shocks are fucking wrecked. Right. And constantly you know, slamming you, on their brakes constantly. Like, oh yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't like look out the windshield because if I do, I'll see like how fucking fast and close we're racing up behind somebody who stopped at a light. And I'm just like, I, Oh God, man, I, I can't, I'm, just, I'm not like a nervous driver by any, you know, but I, I just cannot drive in cities. Like it's just such a fucking, the, the, the way you have to drive in the city to not like get in an accident is fucking psychotic, especially like Manhattan, but I'm sure it's the same in Chicago. Well, I mean, every other major city, Chicago, we have on average 250 to 300 car collisions a day. Um, About 10% of those result in injury. Uh, About half of that results in, in uh, serious injury Um, on Lake, uh, what is it? Lake shore drive. Yeah. yeah. Huge, the huge 10 lane freeway we have cutting off the entire city from the lakefront. Uh, I I saw the data on that. Um, In the last five years, there was four days without a collision. Oh, on that road, yeah, and it's it's supposed to be forty miles an hour, and Almost there's no speed cameras, no speed cameras. People are literally driving seventy five miles an hour because it's ten lanes wide. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. Actually, maybe this is a good time to mention this. I just saw this report today. Half of people injured in LAPD pursuits are bystanders. Report says <laughs> LA, LAPD. I mean, it's it's like the idea of high speed chases is, is like a pop culture thing in Los Angeles. Ever since the fucking OJ <laughs> right. did did his thing, it's like, oh, now it's you know, you got fucking helicopters constantly circling skies, watching for high speed chase. So this is an LAPD report found that the city officers have been involved in four thousand two hundred and three pursuits since two thousand eighteen, a quarter of which ended with an injury or death. A quarter of the time. Somebody's getting injured or killed. Nearly half of those collisions ended with injuries to bystanders from 2006 to 2014. 334 bystanders were hurt as a result, as a result of crashes. Sorry, I took an oxy today, so I'm all fucked. Uh, during that time, one in 10 pursuits resulted in the injury of someone who was not participating in the pursuit. One out of 10 times, the cops were getting somebody injured who was just walking down the street. Crazy. Jesus. Um, in 2007 or 2015 alone, at least 78 bystanders were hurt in LAPD chases, the highest tally in a decade. Let's see. Records show uh, two years later, L.A. County Civil Grand Jury questioned whether the LAPD was properly training its officers and scrutinized the department's practice of at times chasing suspects in uh, for uh, nonviolent crimes. The pursuit intervention technique known as the pit maneuver, where where uh, basically where they try, you know, deliberately crash their car into the, the fleeing vehicle to make it spin out of control. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how people get fucking killed on the side of the street. Right. It, I mean, you know, they're deliberately causing a crash. But supposedly, supposedly they only do it if the fleeing vehicle is going less than three, five miles an hour. I guarantee that's not fucking true either. No, absolutely not. No, Nobody's. Fleeing in a high-speed pursuit at 35 miles an hour. <laughs> um, let's see. Department is also considering an adhesive GPS device nicknamed Star Chase that can be launched at a fleeing vehicle and enables officers to track his movement from his hit. I guarantee the first time they launch that thing, it's going to hit a bystander, too. Oh, they're going to shoot someone <laughs> in the fucking face with it immediately. I mean, they're, I mean, it, it's literally the fucking... 
that sticky, you know, explosive gun that fucking Batman has in the the Dark Knight, you know, where it sticks the fucking little like uh, t- you know time mines to the window or whatever. Exactly. Like that's, that's what it looks like. I saw or, you know or, a video of it. You know, couldn't like we have the technology to limit the speed of fucking you know e scooters, but we don't have the ability to do that with a fucking car. <laughs> you right. Know, we talked about speed governors before, but it's like you know, like if you didn't want to have people flee couldn't you just have like a you know government controlled shut off button <laughs> for a fleeing vehicle i mean i don't know i, I i'd be of i'd be a little of two minds about that because again like you know it's i don't know that i would trust law enforcement to use that appropriately or if they would just cause more fucking you know i i see the like benefit of it but that could also be a kind of a oh weird, sure you know what i mean like but like i'd prefer that to having the same version of the thing that's fired from a gun oh yeah no i, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like right like it, it's you know sure it'll be misused but at least it won't be a fucking projectile right <laughs> right well, no, I think this thing doesn't even stop your car. It just tracks it, which I feel like they could probably right, get that right. info anyway, uh, you know, because your cars are all, all the cars now are, you know, fucking. Well, I mean, at least modern ones are computerized and fucking, yeah. you know, report that like, it, you know, you, they just have to go through red tape. So they just want to skip that and, you know, blow it's, your back you know, window out with a fucking sticky GPS bomb. They, they already can read all your emails without a fucking warrant. You, mm. you think this turning off your fucking car engine is <laughs> no right is, is somehow undoable no it's just because the auto industry would never allow it they would never yeah, allow anything to interfere with the, with their branding and idea that you know the car the, the car is totally yours and totally in your control right <clears throat> oh god all right well uh let's get into some interesting uh stories from the week because uh wasn't a huge news week but uh it, it was a weird news week especially if you were a newscaster because uh there seemed to be a little bit of a bloodbath at, at multiple networks uh, in terms of layoffs and firings. And um, the two prominent ones that obviously everyone was talking about was uh, Tucker Carlson at Fox uh, just randomly out of the blue. It seemingly uh, was fired uh, before his show aired that night. And Don Lemon, who also pretty, you know, unexpectedly was fired Um when you dig into it, obviously there are reasons behind it and you know, it's, there's more to the story, but it just, for me, it was very out of left field when both of those things broke, like seemingly like an hour apart uh, the other day. Well, it's, it's also bizarre to me that, you know, because everyone's like, did that was that planned? And uh, apparently, no, this was just pure coincidence. Um, Right. But the fact that like you would fire somebody on a Monday morning, yeah, that's fucked up. That's weird. Usually, like Friday and Friday after, at like evening, like as they're leaving, is like the move. Yeah, to, to, it's, so they it's, don't shoot the place up. Exactly. You give them a, at least they have the weekend to look forward to. You know, right. <laughs> coming on a Monday, you're like, well, another fucking grind at the thing. Oh, I'm fired. Great. <laughs> and then they both hired the same fucking entertainment lawyer, right? They haven't filed any kind of suits, but you know, almost every time um, some fable famous cable news person gets fired, they fucking sue because they're like, oh, this yeah. is a breach of contract, you know. Um, but the exact reasoning why they got fired, that's that's the interesting part to me, <laughs> because they clearly have, you know, their fan base. They have their viewers. But well, Don I, Lemon, Tuck, Tucker House has has a fan base. I don't know that Don Lemon has much of a popular well, following, but yeah, because he, he already got demoted from a primetime to doing a morning show. Yeah. And apparently the the big kerfuffle was was between him and his two uh, female 
uh, co-anchors on this morning show. And I don't know. I mean, I, I feel pretty strongly that the major demographic for watching morning shows uh, are white women. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like he was not polling well. In that demographic. Uh, so it's it was easy also, to make an excuse to find a way to get rid of them. Rather than well, them. I mean, it's almost always something that has nothing to do with like if they're good at doing their job. Because, right, you know, right, right. we all know that they're they're just stenographers for whatever fucking thing. And they have a little bit of leeway as far as production. But, um, you know, they've they've got somebody in their ear pierce to, earpiece telling them what to say at all, pretty much all times. But he apparently was getting into fights with these women off um, off camera. Really? Yeah. He didn't like they interrupted him one too many times. So he like stormed into their offices and was throwing a fucking fit. Um, so, yeah, they didn't like each other. And, Interesting. you know, it's not like the view where that's, you know, the, the feature, not the bug. Although right, right. <laughs> eventually they couldn't <laughs> eventually real life crept into that uh, cast of people, too. But, uh, yeah, the Tucker Carlson one is a little bit more interesting to me um, because there's a couple different theories. Um, but I just I saw this headline yesterday. This was from uh, Politico. <laughs> this headline, <laughs> Fox nips Tuck, CNN <laughs> squeezes lemon out. <laughs> oh, man. You Somebody... know, the guy, you, the, whoever wrote that was so self-satisfied with themselves after they came up with that. Oh, yeah. That's just like. They might have had that one in the can already, you know. What if oh, yeah. what if this happened? You know, like right. write all that shit ahead of time. Um, okay, former President uh, Trump, who Lemon regularly criticized, applauded CNN's move as good news, labeling Lemon the dumbest man on television. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people think that the Tucker Carlson thing was because of this Fox lawsuit, where they have to pay uh, seven hundred and eighty-seven million dollars to Dominion Voting Machine Company for what defamation? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he was basically like the main person who was making that allegation, right. and you know, even if you got a hit primetime show, that's uh, over uh, three quarters of a billion dollars. Yeah, it's not making that much money with with the fucking three million viewers a night it was pulling in or whatever. No. Like, it's not making no. enough to, to to satisfy you well, know three quarters of a billion dollars. None, none of these shows may have that huge of an audience. No, you no. know, it's just that that this is you know all the shit gets amplified so much on Twitter and social media that we we forget that you know it's mostly just people over the age of sixty five who have nothing else to do and don't know you know <laughs> that there's other channels and other things to watch right so you know even rachel Maddow only gets like around uh, barely a million viewers is she still on the air didn't she quit or get fired or uh they show? yeah they they she does things occasionally but it's not like a regular show anymore okay. I don't really watch MSNBC unless I'm, I'm at yeah. my mom's house. Anyway, so. right, I was gonna say, uh, you, what's, yeah, when was the last uh, the last download of MSNBC for you? So, um, yeah, no, I, I can't imagine that anyone who replaced her is is you know any better in any measurable uh, no. category. But well, so uh, so a lot of people thought it was the money, right? The the mo- all this money that Fox is gonna have to pay out, but. Still, he was, you know, one of their one of their prized people. So I, I've been reading different theories, and one of them, I think, takes the cake here. So uh, this headline report suggests Tucker Carlson was fired over prayer talk because because it freaks Rupert out. Rupert Murdoch, right? Like he's mm-hmm. crazy right winger, but he's not like a religious fanatic. Um, 
I didn't so, think Tucker Carlson was either, though. But it is, I guess he is. Apparently, I think it's one of those things where he just fakes it, you yeah, know, because yeah, yeah. it's just like it's a it's a persona. Yeah. But it's the thing. <laughs> we'll get to the juicy part here in a second. So this is I don't know what this is from. I copied this from somewhere. Tucker Carlson may have been fired from Fox News after going too hard on the prayer talk, according to a new report in Vanity Fair. A source briefed on Fox Corp chair Rupert Murdoch's decision making said Carlson was ousted over remarks he made during a speech Friday night at the Heritage Foundation's 50th anniversary gala in Maryland, according to Vanity Fair, Gabriel Sherman. Soros said Carlson's speech was laced with religious overtones that were too extreme even for Murdoch. During the address, Carlson called abortion child sacrifice, cast American politics as a, as a battle between good and evil, and suggested the solution was taking 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. <laughs> seems like a long time to fucking say a prayer. The source told Vanity Fair, that stuff freaks Rupert out. He doesn't <laughs> like all that spiritual talk, the source said. Fox News unceremoniously dumped Carlson on Monday. He found out at 10 minutes before the right-wing network announced the news, the Wall Street Journal reported. Um, let's, let's skip that part. Okay, here's, here's, the, here's the tea. Here's the tea. Earlier this month, it was reported that Murdoch had called off his engagement to Ann Leslie Smith, a former dental hygienist, who would have been his fifth wife. They were engaged for less than three weeks. Oh. Wonder what, wonder what happened. Wonder why it didn't work out. Seems like it was, you know, they, were, they had such long-term compatibility. What, uh... <laughs> they report at the time, they reported at the time that Murdoch had called it quits because of Smith's outspoken evangelical views and her thoughts on Tucker Carlson, who she reportedly believed was a messenger from God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Tucker Carlson got fired because Rupert Murdoch's soon-to-be bride had a fucking religious crush on Tucker Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to the Jesus personal. Jesus Christ, I know. It I always know. comes back to well, personal. Because when you said what he said, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously that's reprehensible, but also it's like not that inflammatory. It feels pretty par for the course for like people that would be on Fox News. So yeah, the right. fact that you... So yeah, that was like... It's, wow. it's, it's, I was like, I still was like, I don't know. I mean, the money, yeah, sure. But like the religious stuff, like that's, like you said, par for the course. Like it's gotta <laughs> right. be some. So I get down to the bottom of that. And I'm like, that, that, they, I'm surprised they didn't lead with that part because that's the fucking right. juicy bit. You, you almost <laughs> got to even wonder if there was more to that, if something was actually going on between them. And then, you know, that was, that was another, you know, sort of just massive, you know, because uh, I, I like, yeah, I get maybe they could they they would break up over like the religious stuff, but like you also got to wonder like if she felt that way about Tucker Carlson, if you know something things were escalated beyond that. I mean, it's a messenger from from God, he's right. got fucking some kind of David Koresh shit going on there. Right. <laughs> so, have you watched? You you're saying that you watched that new series, or you watched the first episode of it? I watched the first two of them. Yeah, they're yeah. coming out one at a time. Yeah, um, and out. it's, it's, yeah, it's like, uh, they're, so they're, they've got a, uh, basically like two different stories going on with it. There's like a courtroom drama playing out because they decided to prosecute some of the survivors. Um, and I don't even know how that, those hearings or whatever actually went in real life. So it's kind of, you know, that's a part of the story I'm not familiar with. Right. And then there's also like a big, you know, drawn out flashback sequence going on too, where it's like a younger David Koresh, you know, first arriving at Mount Carmel and like rising through the ranks and like 
manipulating people and trying to figure out how to like become the leader. <laughs> he had like uh, apparently some sort of like yeah like a, a territorial dispute with like the, the leader that was there when he got he got there and he like tried to kind of sort of stage a coup again. Like I remember reading something about that. Like, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. So that's that's very interesting too because like you can see how he's he's you know genuinely charismatic and cares for people but also like you see his you know maneuvering you can see the, the machiavellian time. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and in the woman who's in charge of the place like she sees it coming a mile away too so she's trying to ice him out at the same time mm. so it's just like a level of intrigue that's that's you know another layer to the story and you know definitely um you know still painting the fbi not that great Right. Um, there's there's an early scene between uh, Michael Shannon's character and the the like the real tough guy, fucking cowboy guns blazing, and they're both like debriefing at the same time, which I don't think would ever actually happen in real no, life. But it's, it's great, it's, great, yeah. great scene for TV. And yeah, because of course they they you know immediately start blaming each other, uh, and then the you know their supervisors are like guys simmer down, and it's like nah, it probably didn't happen like that. But <laughs> it's fun to pretend. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's decent, and it's, I mean, the quality of the show is just as good, uh, and they, you know, occasionally will flash back to, you know, the horrifying fucking Inferno footage just to kind of, you know, put a pin in it, but... Um, well, you know, it was weird, because it, it's one of the few shows that, like, moved to a prestige network. It was, it, it start. I mean, it was started on Paramount, like, when that network first came out, and yeah. I think it was kind of, like, non... It was sort of a non-entity, but then it did so well on Netflix. It was like number one when, it, like, for the first couple of weeks where it came out, that yeah. like Showtime, who I guess owns Paramount or is owned by you know whatever the mega corporation yeah. that's that same network, uh, put that sequel series on Showtime because you know it's a more premium, higher dollar production. Um, They're so definitely cool. pumping money into Paramount. Um, I mean, the fucking Picard series. You know, the basically the sequel to Star Trek Next Generation, which wasn't very good the first two seasons, but they totally stick the landing on the, the third season. I just finished watching that, really? too. Um, Yellow Jackets, also another amazing show, is like midway through its second season. Um, one of the better ensemble, like all lady, <laughs> all lady cast shows I've seen. Um, it's like definitely. <laughs> what, what's that? There's like one or two dudes. Yeah. yeah well, and, no, and one of them is. Yeah, one of them is Elijah Wood, so like you know, kind right, of. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I did start watching that. I got to pick that back up. Yeah, I mean, Julie Lewis and Christina Ricci um, are fucking phenomenal together, and even in you know, in, in any scene they're in with, even without each other, they still steal, steal, right. steal scenes. Um, Julie Lewis, seen, I've always you know, been a fan of. Like I, you know, it, even I think from Dust Till Dawn is the first movie uh, I saw her in, but she, she's just always been really good at like the you know the subtle just kind of the subtle shit like of, of the 90s sort of actresses she's the only one who really seems yeah. to still work uh, you know, natural born killers too is just you know yeah al- always going to be a cult classic to me yeah um, absolutely. robert downey jr speaking of stealing scenes in that movie fucking hilarious <laughs> um but yeah just to see like you know two queens of the 90s you know in this show and then you know the all the uh sophie thatcher's in it also who's probably the best actor out of all of them um still got to see prospect <laughs> uh but yeah it's a good good show good show yeah. and it doesn't it you know we, we've talked about this before i think talked about well, it but it's i don't know if we did it on air or not but yeah but for sure we uh we did talk about it and the the, the chick who plays the um the one who was on um fucking the last of us who ran like the 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 the, oh yeah we've definitely talked about this yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're probably boring people now yeah, who actually right. listen to the show <laughs> like 
No, it's fine. No, it's fine. Um, but no, yeah. So <laughs> uh, we, you know, we actually have a clip now that we're talking while we're still on the subject. Yeah, of, speaking of, of '90s actors, and, um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So let, let's play this clip because this is Michael Rapaport uh, responding to to the news about Tucker Carlson. Um, and anytime you see a Michael Rapaport respond, like re- responds to something video, you know it's going to be uh, pretty amazing. So here, let me get that. <laughs> gracious the day was already good enough with the Knicks being up three to one and now this Tucker Carlson you're out you're fired a a, a once great former reality TV star used to love saying you're fired well you fuck you you are fired 787 reasons why you got to go Tucker Carlson, you giggling, cackling fool. You cackling, giggling, fuck you. Bye-bye. Last week, it was Don Bongino, and now this. I don't know how much more can one person take. It's so good. It's oh so good, Tucker Carlson, you fucking bozo ass subliminal <laughs> bullshit artist you're a fucking bullshit artist you oh my god it's just so good Woo! <laughs> fucking oh man fucking bozo is such a great thing to call somebody <laughs> just it switching from fool to just you fuck <laughs> it's just like and, and, uh, and i'm like wait he, I, I thought Michael Rabort was a fucking like racist right wing. No, he just fucking... he sounds like one because of the way he talks. But now he's actually right. He's actually not. Uh... I well, so I looked it up, and he's apparently a Democrat. But like, he's constantly getting into fucking Twitter fights with Democrats too. So like, I think he's he's just a shit talker. That's just right. his thing. <laughs> he's it's just like, like a no bullshit New Yorker. Like, any, anybody who's famous, he's gonna fucking call a fuck. <laughs> you know. Right. So I, I was I was looking this up and because apparently he was at the uh he was he went to the uh arraignment for Trump. Oh god, really? Yeah. And so this is from an article. Um so this report shared a twenty seven second clip of a packed crowd surrounding major uh, Marjorie Taylor Marjorie Taylor Green as she was met with verbal abuse from the actor. Go back to the farm, you animal. They're looking for you at the sanctuary, you filthy animal. You QAnon lunatic, he said. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Trump was subject to a verbal bashing uh, when he arrived at Trump Tower in a 20-second clip on Rappaport's Twitter account. You infected animal. Go take a shit on your gold toilet, he said, before <laughs> before directing pig noises at him. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> to have enough money to just comfortably go around and fuck, fucking scream and like creatively <laughs> swear at people—it's fucking that's I, amazing. I, I, like he's gotten into fights with people too. Like other pe- Trump supporters will be like, "What the fuck, man?" He's like, "What the fuck?" You just like, right. he's, like there was a. Ton oh, it's of genuine. It's not right. It's not a shot. Like he's just a fucking dickhead New Yorker he's who happens fucking, to be, yeah. you know, directing at the right people, basically. He's- it's a fucking Staten Island shithead who <laughs> wants to just get attention for being as foul as possible. So yeah, I don't know. I, I've 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 seen him say some stuff where I was like, "Whoa, that's uh, yeah, okay, that's not cool." But like, I don't 
care what the fuck he says about Trump or Marjorie Taylor Greene. And it's just, you know, the, the, the amount of, you know, the day was already so good with the Knicks being up. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's great. Well, I, you know, <laughs> while we're talking about sports, I, I should mention real quick to anyone uh, that gives a shit that uh, the Jets just got uh, the the most prominent anti-vaxxer <laughs> in, in, in the league as their uh, quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. So that's oh, great. He's that's uh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like one of the all-time great quarterbacks, but he's also constantly retweeting uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, you know, posts like as he's running for president. So right. it, it's the ultimate fucking monkey's paw for me as a sports fan of like, hey, we finally have a good quarterback, and oh, I find him completely reprehensible as a person. Great. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like you know what a what a bitter Super Bowl, bittersweet Super Bowl win this may be. Uh, Who did he play for previously? Oh, uh, the Packers, Green Bay that's Packers. Right. Yeah. yeah if, if, I knew it was a big one. So th- yeah. is that almost like a demotion for him as far as like... Well, I, you know, weirdly, the Jets last year were a, a sort of really good team, even though they had the like historically worst quarterback play in NFL history. They huh. still managed to win like seven games or so out of, out of you know, 17. So mm-hmm. it, everyone kind of assumes that like with a quarterback, they're like a Super Bowl contender because the rest of the team is really good. They just couldn't score a fucking point. Like it was just insane. <laughs> they, they, the atrocious quarterback but yeah so it's very much a monkey's paw thing for me as a fan because i've never cared for him as a person and uh but i do want a fucking super bowl so we'll see um in any event yeah uh, you know (laughs) but well we should you know speaking of presidential candidates uh weirdly by the way robert kennedy is like has a lot like i see online polls and i mean you know they're unscientific or whatever but you know even when you look at like uh like you know political polls like the at political polls on twitter which is a pretty widely followed account you see like oh who would you vote for as the democratic nominee right now between biden uh marianne williamson and and kennedy and kennedy's pulling at like 18 19 percent in some of these polls and i'm just like are you people like people are just so fucking stupid and like like you know I, we just want to be fucking england we just want to have a dynasty nobody can like he robert kennedy is like the most fucking moron fail son like just just shallow end of the gene pool of the fucking kennedy family um no redeeming qualities whatsoever i it's it's so weird to me that just because he's a kennedy people like if this guy was a fucking you know a smith like you wouldn't even know his fucking name like you wouldn't he would have no political voice whatsoever <laughs> Well, he hardly has any voice anyway. He's got that fucking right, right, thing where whatever the hell he can't, that really, is can't really talk. I'm sure I'm um, sure he'll blame it on a, a childhood vaccine that gave him that. Yeah. But. He's he's great on like some environmental stuff. It's just the anti vax no, right. shit is just it's like I can't you But know, it's his like, whole identity at this point. That and to which right. to me like, you know, if that was just like a weird thing he believed but like didn't really talk about, I'd be like, ah, all right, whatever. Like he's really good on these other things, but that's like the bedrock of his campaign is this weird subsect of leftists who are like super anti-medical science it's it's the west coast man i'm telling you there is a version of leftists on the west coast Uh that is so mistrustful of corporations that they forget to apply the precautionary principle when it comes to public health yep i I shit you not oh yeah and and that's you know good when it comes to some things but when you have a pandemic you know should everybody get every vaccine no no I'm I'm totally against over vaccination, especially for things that aren't life threatening because no, it, sure, it doesn't it doesn't produce a a you know a stronger 
natural immune response to things. But that's not the case when you have a very new virus that is very lethal and is killing people, you know, by the thousands every single day. Then when you apply the precautionary principle, you should be getting that vaccine. Right. That's how that works. Right. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there is, I, by the way, and not uh, kind of unrelated, but I, but there is some good news on the, on the vac on the COVID vaccine front because they're apparently like pretty close to, uh, they're doing trials right now of a nasal vaccine, which is kind of like the only thing that would, re- if it works, the only thing that could genuinely prevent transmission because it would hmm. stop it at the source, like when it's inhaled, like, uh, you know, it, the preliminary results are showing that it actually stops transmission by like something like 80%, which is fucking incredible. So um, it's just like a fucking nasal spray. Yeah. It's a nasal vaccine, but it, huh. it, it binds to your, to the mu- mucous membranes in your, in your nasal cavity. And I guess it, you know, it, it, it stops it before it is able to be inhaled into the body, like the virus itself. Hmm. So, you know, I don't know the full science behind it. And obviously they're gonna have to do testing and studying on it. But like, for me, that would be a game changer because I wouldn't have to fucking worry about wearing masks anymore. So that would so be nice. it's like if you're giving birth to a baby and a zombie bites you, then that baby in the birth canal will be immune to being it, a zombie. It's, it's very much the last of us <laughs> principles is what they went into, went into, went into the uh, the thought process of creating this vaccine. Like but yeah, you, so I don't know. If you breathe in the fucking virus and then you and you know it and you just like quick jam a fucking the, the nasal spray vaccine in there at the same time then that's that's how you catch it right uh, catch, catch it is in like catch the virus before it can, you know infects you but you know <laughs> when this right you know when this fucking thing comes out the, the, the level of distrust and like oh you're injecting fucking you know whatever into your brain the fucking what are those nanobots or whatever Right. Like just, yeah. just... You'll you'll see all brand new pictures of people like with masks and they'll you know covered in fucking mucus and snot saying this came out of my child's nose. Dude, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> like that's fucking actually assholes. what is supposed to come out of your child's nose. That is <laughs> right. what, that's what fucking snot looks like. Right. That's not supposed to come out of your mouth though. <laughs> right. Totally gross. Oh god. Yeah. So uh well, you know, when while we're on the subject of presidents, the real Reason I brought this unfortunate topic up is is because Biden did officially announce that he was running again for re-election in 2024, despite saying during the debates that he didn't want to run for two terms. Obviously, we do. He's a fucking liar. He's a lifelong liar. He's been a liar his entire fucking political career. Why would it be any different now? Um, did you watch his his announcement commercial? I, I didn't. No. How, how did I was. Well, I was going to suggest we play it, but it's three minutes long and half of it's just like music and images without any fucking dialogue. So it wouldn't it's, really... a, it's, it's, it's a full fucking presidency. It's all fucking vibes. There's no right. f- there's no policy. There's no, you know, attempt to actually push through legislation that he claims to support. That's been it, and it's yeah, he just it, and it's all just, you know, it starts out with like ominous music and like footage of January 6th, you know, and <laughs> he's like, uh, uh, you know, our, our democracy is under attack and, you know, the. Republicans or MAGA extremists are trying to destroy Social Security. It's like, that's what you did for your whole fucking career. You you've, fucking that's like your fucking, that's the thing you've been like dying to do your entire fucking political careers, eliminate Social Security. So who the fuck are you talking about? Um, and like people still give a shit about fucking January 6th. Like that, that's got to be the, the most fucking like, it's amazing that that you know that that wasn't even focus group that nobody gives a fuck about January sixth anymore except him and his fucking consultant buddies like I don't know it, it's just ridiculous but 
Um, well, it, I mean, they, they don't give a shit what any of the voters think. They don't give a shit what no, Democratic no. voters think. No. A full 70% of the electorate purportedly thinks the president should not seek re-election, including more than half of Democrats. Yeah. Right? Doesn't and matter. He, and he even says, like, I might get clobbered in this election. I don't know, but I'm still going to run anyway. It's like, right. They literally, they, they literally don't have anybody else. Nobody. They don't have anybody else that would be a sanctioned candidate to run anyway. I mean, do you think fucking Kamala is going to take over? No, God. I mean, she can't fucking put two words together without repeating the fucking same phrase over and over again. Like she's, you know, I mean, technically that is two words, but yeah, it's, <laughs> we have another, we had a clip of her. We wanted to play too. Yeah. Um, let me play that clip. Um, so I think it's very, hang on, so sorry. I think it's very important as you, Sorry, it's giving me a little bit of technical difficulties here. So, there we go. I think it's very important, as you have heard from so many incredible. Zencaster fell asleep as she was speaking. It was a problem, and certainly (laughs) this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present, and to be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past, but the future. <laughs> God, it, it's, you know, it's the sleepiness. It's the not saying anything in, in like 50 words that would, you know, but I, I just don't. I, I don't even think that's Xanax. I think that's more like Oxys because I'm on one right now. And I was going to say, that's, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's very like, yeah, that's, that's opiate. That's an opiate fucking yeah, slur. It's, that that, with that. it's literally, it's literally. Wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, you called it word salad, but it's not even a salad because a salad implies there's like a mix of lots of different things. It's like her speaking is just somebody squeezing a fucking tube of mayonnaise out. It's just, a, you know, c- completely just a blob of nothingness is what her words are. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not stupid. They know she's never going to be president. I mean, this, 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 this fucking, I mean, she would, if she ran against Trump one, one on one somehow made it through a primary or like was anointed the candidate and there was no primary. I mean, there's a good chance he beats her double digits. Like that's, she's just atrocious as a politician. Yeah. Well, as a public speaker, you mentioned that poll, um, the other day, uh, the the Trump the poll where Trump is already beating DeSantis by double digits. <laughs> oh man, he's already mal. DeSantis is very fucking malfunctioning. That that hilarious video of him be like, "Well, I, I'm, I'm I'm not even a candidate yet." And his head's bobbing around like a fucking uh, yeah, just like, like a, a like a clown. Head. Like a, <laughs> I, I thought his head was gonna fall off watching that clip. Oh man, I was like that. I, I was like, this dude doesn't fucking have it at all. Like Trump would eat him alive. If, it's in a it's hilarious how you know ill prepared and trying hard he is, while yeah. also saying that he's not trying hard at all. Right. Um. But God, I mean, I, thank thank God. Thank you. Th- you think that. <laughs> You think Trump was bad? I guarantee DeSantis would be 10 times worse. Oh, yeah, because he actually believes the shit, this crazy shit that he says. Trump can exactly. really give a shit. Um, you know, he'll still do the things, which is, you know, obviously, you know, in some ways almost as bad, but he's not a zealot about them. So he probably won't, you know, if he, if he feels like it's not a politically savvy move for him, you know, as with as we saw with Afghanistan and, you know, some other situations like that. He won't uh, push through his his zealous you know opinions over the you know the the initial thought of like what is politically good for me because I'm you know selfish and that's all I care about. 
Um, but yeah, now well, it's almost almost to a fault because you know you remember when he when it came out that uh, he he didn't think that his his right wing court uh, Supreme Court appointments were actual religious fanatics. He thought that they were just pretending like he was. You know, right. and he was, and he thought it was a mistake to repeal Roe v. Wade that that was going to hurt him uh, running in twenty twenty four. So, like again, again it's just, he's just like, what you you people really believe that shit? <laughs> like right. that's his whole fucking attitude about things. He's like, I thought I thought we were all faking this thing together. <laughs> just unreal. Um, yeah. So you know that that that's I, it's just so. And the real reason I'm mentioning this because you know obviously the big disappointing news of the week was that. Uh, Bernie uh, immediately came out uh, in capitulation and endorsed Biden. Um, not even that, like I expected him to run again. I mean, he's, you know, he's, again, he's he's a million years old. He's as old as Biden is, but you know, whatever. Um, it, it, I didn't expect him to run again, nor would I even have really gotten that excited, honestly, about a third attempt. I still probably would have voted for him if I voted at all, because he's, you know. I'm sure would have been the best candidate running of the shit salad of Democrats. But um, the fact that he not only is not running, but also endorsed Biden over any other potential, you know, challengers, if anyone else decided to come forward is both unsurprising and extremely disappointing. Um, But, you know, again, that's unfortunately what I come to sort of expect out of Bernie at this point. Um, Yeah, no, it's it's if they had any semblance of reason if they had any sanity if they really were worried about a second trump administration they would have biden drop out not seek re-election and they would go bernie third time's the charm here you go we're gonna back you we're finally gonna let you do it you know and they'd fucking win in the landslide right but they'll never do that but they don't want that no of course not they'd rather have trump the person they profess to be you know just the 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 guy who did a thing worse than 9-11 Donald Trump is they would rather have that than Bernie Sanders. Uh, and just to give people the quote uh, from from his endorsement today, um, which is just complete horseshit uh, from Bernie's quote. Uh, the last thing this country needs is another Donald Trump or some other right wing demagogue who's going to try to undermine American democracy or take away women's right to choose uh, or not address the crisis of gun violence or racism, sexism or homophobia. Sanders said in an interview with the Associated Press, I'm in it to do what I can. I'm in I'm in to do what I can to make sure that the president is reelected. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, we got to make sure the president's right, reelected so we don't have a right wing Democrat demagogue who's, uh, you know, <laughs> who's racist or sexist or homophobic or, you know, is going to try to take away a woman's right to choose. Not, not like all of those things would apply to Joe Biden in his political career or anything, but, you know. <sighs> God. Yeah, it's. I mean, the projection is is laughable, obviously, and it's sad. But you know, I mean, Bernie sold out. You know, 2016, everyone thought he was going to. Everyone said he's going to be a sheepdog for Hillary, and it turns out he wasn't. That he was really running to win, and uh, almost did. And they had a cheat to stop him, but 2023, a lot has changed, unfortunately. Yeah, and you think um, like after the first time, you wouldn't fucking let them pull that shit again, and you think after the second time when they pulled that shit again that you'd have some fucking spine and, you know, tell them to go fuck themselves, but, uh, you know, 
just whatever. It's, I think his wife, his wife told him, yeah, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> you're, you're, they're, clearly, they're not going to ever let you play ball there. No, I, yeah, I, but, I wouldn't even want him to run again. I mean, he just t- should have told him to go fuck themselves in 2020 and just ran as an independent at that point, honestly. I mean, that was just that was a historic fucking uh, intervention from Obama, like the level of fucking obvious fucking hand tipping that was done like i still talk about that uh, you know like mention that to my mother and she's like well i never heard that i'm like that's because you don't pay attention to this shit like no, you or because you cl- you cover your ears when you hear these things because it's exactly it's the, oh, well, i don't i don't, about a I don't know like. about that i don't know about that like i just told you about it so you do know about it um so yeah and the reporting on this from fucking hill or politico whoever the fuck is hilarious I had a couple sentences here you know just just to just to show you how they you know, put out these articles to, you know, not to report on something, but to tell you what you are supposed to think. Washington, when President Joe Biden's team was quietly making plans to launch his reelection campaign, top advisors inside and outside the White House started an outreach effort to hold on to a crucial piece of the Democratic coalition. Progressives. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to fucking throw you a bone now. Uh, now that we have to, you know, need you to fucking kiss the uh, fucking bend the knee, kiss the fucking ring, whatever. Uh, yep. Roughly a month before his campaign announcement, longtime Biden mm-hmm. advisor Anita Dunn invited Faiz Shakir, the campaign manager for Senator Bernie Sanders, 2020 bid to the White House. The meeting was a check-in with Shakir, who remains a political advisor to Sanders, to make sure he and other progressives knew they still had an open line to Biden's team. Overall, Biden has exceeded the left's expectations since he took office. But while the specter of Donald Trump's comeback is expected to keep the party united, it comes with its own set of challenges. Biden's balancing act will be to maintain solid progressive support while appealing to fickle independent voters. It's, it, where, where did they get the idea that Biden has exceeded the left's expectations? Because he didn't die yet? Right. <laughs> like what, right. what, what has he fucking done to meet our expectations? Like it, it, we expected him to be a fucking right wing shitbag who would talk about climate change while approving the largest fucking lease of of public land for drilling in Alaska in fucking American history. Right. It's it's like that's I mean, yeah, that's what we expected. But and I guess by exceeding our expectations, he's been even shittier than we expected. Is that what they mean? Yeah, I would say that for me, that he's been shittier than I expected, but I expected him to do at least some, like, hand-waving things to just at least, you know, quiet people down and pretend like he cares, but... Yeah, you know. I love that they call the, the independent voters fickle. Like, like, oh, you haven't picked a team yet. Which, what's your problem? Why are you being so, you know, like, oh, maybe there's people who, you know, like, like the majority of people who don't vote because they don't fucking see any value in either party doing anything for them. Yeah, that's not fickleness. That's the, the, apathy based on a, a system that has been apathetic to them. Apathy based on evidence, evidentiary based apathy of, of you know, their entire lifetime of yeah. political. Fucking... At, at, a, at a certain point, you just go like, they're, they're just going to do the same fucking song and dance every time. And they're going to do none of the things that they even promise that are good. And they're going to do a whole bunch of shitty things that they pretend that they would never do. Yeah. No, I'm I'm completely apathetic to, to to electoral politics at this point, but I could still get annoyed by it. But again, I I just again it, to me it's just you know it, it's re- reshuffling deck chairs chairs on the Titanic at this point. I know that political uh, revolution in this in this country is never going to come 
uh you know in at the ballot box in my lifetime it's only going to come with you you just reminded me with the moving the deck chairs on the titanic um when stephen colbert still had a fucking soul (laughs) and he did the white house correspondence dinner white house Uh press correspondence dinner and (laughs) roast roasted the fuck out of bush (laughs) and so is i remember it because i watched it because youtube was like brand new right uh in like 2005 i think and uh so I watched it. I remember the I was dying laughing because, you know, we didn't have, you know, Twitter yet. So it, didn't, it wasn't widely circulated the way right. things are now. Um, and he said, you know, critics of George W. Bush have said this administration is just reshuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. Why disagree? This administration isn't sinking. It's soaring. If anything, this administration is reshuffling deck chairs on the Hindenburg. <laughs> Oh, I'll man. never forget that line. I'll never forget the look just Bush like just because because he was too stupid to get what was going on at first, but just the the slow dawning like horror and then you know anger and like just well, just trying to hold it in. It's and supposed fucking... to be a roast, and it's just all these fucking. But nobody you know... ever fucking does a real one. Like they're all just like, well, you, like they're all good hearted. Like, well, you know, we love you. Oh, we're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna joke about some stuff that's like you know obvious, funny, haha. But we're gonna come so, around in the end yeah. but that was like a real like make a joke Jewish... about not finding wmds in iraq <laughs> right which he actually did right right bush right but yeah they didn't let anybody funny back to the white house white house press correspondence dinner until michelle wolf and she came <laughs> back and fucking roasted I, didn't, I don't remember if it was trump or obama actually uh i think they like her to do it for trump which is crazy um no, there, there's been a couple sporadic ones that are like every once in a while, a really funny one will happen. And then they're like, no more comedians. And they'll have like the fucking the, right. the dickhead who wrote like the Hamilton biography, the biography, <laughs> you know, the God. next year. Like that literally was like, oh the, my God. I think the year after Michelle Wolf, they're just like, ah, just get someone really boring. Like get some yeah, boring and old and white the guy. Thing is, you know, all these White House press correspondent people, they know what scumbags these politicians are, but they right. want to hang out with them anyway because they want to fucking rub elbows they want access they want you know the prestige of all that as, as if those people were prestigious in a good way <laughs> no those people are mad um, they, they get mad at the comedians who actually like go hard at these people because like oh you ruined our evening we, this is supposed to be a fun night where we bump elbows and rub you know and 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 fucking dine with uh, the most powerful you know scumbags on the planet and you ruin that for us by actually you know telling the truth yeah, I mean it's the Oscars for fucking yeah, you know, stenographer same, same journalism deal. in the Washington D.C. Yeah, but yeah, I still I still let Will would Smith rather... host the fucking correspondence dinner. I just want to run up there and fucking slap the shit out of Biden or Trump or whoever's the president <laughs> next time they have one. He fucking like just open oh, hand man. slap Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> was... Oh man, that'd be great. Yeah, that's a good, 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 good redemption for him. Just slap the shit out of either Biden or Trump. <laughs> oh man, I mean, he didn't, he just had another movie come out and it looked terrible. Well, he was in that. Well, they filmed it well, like before that whole thing, but he was in that slave movie. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, this is. Yeah, this is not no. Yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, I mean, just you know, uh, sure, like there are some slave movies or shows that were like you know important for just you know documenting these things but it does become exploitative after a certain point when you're sort of you know just he's not a good actor i watched the trailer and i'm like you know what the fuck he can be a good actor (laughs) i've seen him as a good actor it's just he's very 
Really? I don't know if he's just. I've yeah, never I mean, seen him in a be good. Actor uh, Pursuit of Happiness was really good. I thought uh, he was good. In, he, was good he was good in that. Um, yeah. He's good in like dramas. Like I, I'm trying to think of what. I, oh, he's really good in Ali. I mean, it was also directed by Michael Mann. But but I thought that was yeah, like the role yeah. of his fucking life in that movie. Well. I don't know. I think at this point, it's like there's been so many things about slavery. It's like, you know, once you see 12 years a slave and, you know, if you can get through that entire movie, uh, you'll never want to watch another movie about slavery. That's for sure. Yeah. And and, and I think a lot of like people like black people in entertainment are are saying like, like, guys, can we not, you know, it's very, it's exploitive at this point to, to make these movies for white studio heads and fucking. What was that show with Jonathan Majors, the horror series that we both stopped watching? Oh, uh, uh, Lovecraft country. Yeah. I saw a lot of, um, uh, black film critics, you know, just tear that, comment tear that movie that. apart. Just like you're just using, you know, racial trauma as a trope. Yeah. In this which, which it was after a while. I mean, it, it really was. It also wasn't like it, the, the storytelling just as from a horror level was incoherent. I'm like, is it, this just like a monster of the week show now or what? It was, it was just not. I mean, the, the book, it was all right, but it wasn't. And I don't even think the show was as good as the book. I thought the pilot of that show was pretty good, but it just really, mm-hmm. you know flew off a fucking cliff uh they changed a lot well, of stuff in the book too. yeah i mean it's it's like we don't I'll, episodic but, television doesn't really fly anymore like you have to have a a overarching narrative where you know things are each episode is just in a different you know a little section the, of a larger you know 10 hour movie right it's why the x-files didn't work when they tried to bring it back like twice in the 2010s like they i, I think they literally tried two revivals in the 2010s and it was like there were a few good episodes but it was just really not right the well the, you know i mean in a back in when x-files had its first run all the best episodes were the anthology episodes oh yeah tied well, into the, 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 the fucking mythology and then unfortunately they didn't know where to go with it and they were just fucking they just kept oh, you know, know making it fucking well, that more was, and more ridiculous but it was right. really interesting for like four or five seasons that that's that's the amazing thing to see vince gilligan learn that lesson so well when he went into breaking bad they knew exactly where he was going with everything yeah because yeah. that's i mean probably one of the most coherent start to finish shows you know on, on television everyone likes it but it's you know like we did we ever review any of that show or we've, we've, we've talked the, we never reviewed it officially but we oh no yeah right we reviewed, we reviewed uh, the el camino el camino uh, i almost said that, san bernardino but that's a <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a town not a car no um um but, but yeah yes. that was you know so they're are they did they say they were going to do another thing or were they just doing a fucking commercial for the Super Bowl or some shit? Oh, the X Files? <laughs> no, 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 no. For Breaking Bad, I thought there was like another. Oh no, they just they did a do. stupid commercial for popcorners. Remember we were talked about, and I was explaining to you what a popcorner was, and you're like, "Oh, that doesn't sound good." But I was like, "Oh no, it's pretty good." It's like the popcorn, it's like an air fryer. <laughs> it's like a, it's like an air popped popcorn in the shape of like a Dorito, basically. So it's light uh, and crispy, but it tastes pretty good. <laughs> It's a weird fucking concoction, but it's actually not like crazy bad for you because it's air popped huh. and it's not. So it's it's pretty good. I don't know. It's worth a shot. Um, but but I, I don't know if you heard, actually, but there there was talk about um, Ryan Coogler rebooting the X-Files and doing it like not with with the uh, uh, Duchovny and and Gillian Anderson, um, but uh, recasting the the main stars of the show was how that show fucking failed also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was yes. They finally just like trickled out and like gradually replaced them. I mean that they were the whole show. Their fucking, their dynamic fucking, you know, explosive chemistry was the entire 
show kind of at you know especially once the the, the narrative took a fucking nosedive but I, i'm in, i'm interested in that because ryan coogler i i think is fucking great and like i could see him like creating a more diverse x-files cat like if he finds the right actors for it oh so woke x-files <laughs> right great. <laughs> Rob, just what we need you know exactly what the fucking discourse is gonna be like on this show but i don't know i mean he i don't know if he would cast him he works with michael b jordan a lot i don't know if you eye him as like the Mulder, I don't know that he necessarily has the range for that. I think you really need a really funny actor for that role. Yeah, I don't know. If you're gonna, I think, if, I think if you're gonna try to replicate those archetypes, you know, it's just it's it's like let the thing that was good be good on its own. You don't have to fucking remake every goddamn thing and try to. It's, I I, it's just... I agree largely. But I do like the idea of like a, a popular like either if it's on prime time or streaming, which I'm sure it would be show about like sci-fi and horror stuff that's weekly that's got like an interesting you know i don't know i i I think that it's it's time for that sort of element of the 90s pop culture to make a comeback i just i'm leery it's it's gonna be very dependent on like if he casts the right people and if he's trying to recast Mulder and scully or if it's just like the x-files like Mm. A, a you know a legacy sequel where it's like oh well there used to be these two agents Mulder and Scully who worked here and now we're these other two agents you know oh god it's gonna be the fucking like the ninth Ghostbusters reboot right. isn't it it's, they're gonna right. cut, they're gonna cut fucking CGI fucking Spangler's head back onto a ghost and <laughs> make a fucking toy out of him and it's oh, you know man. and then uh, two other guys like turn and look at him and they you know it's just just like why stop it I, I don't need this nobody wants this Mulder's gonna pop up as a fucking you know spirit in one of the episodes <laughs> like it's gonna be Smokey and the Bandit 3 where Burt Reynolds is in one scene and uh-huh. they like fucking pass the mantle to his buddy I, to be in it and they'll fucking it's just it's only, like stop doing right. this there's a reason why the good actors stop doing this shit at a certain point because no, they realize sure, that they sure. don't want to turn into a fucking irrelevant joke that's that's why I think if he does it, it would have to be a completely independent series. Well, not in, yeah. but you know, like it, it would have to be its own story. It'd have to be its own characters. You could still use that dynamic because I think that's the the non-believer versus the the you know conspiracy theorist fanatic uh, who who also is addicted to, to VHS porn, which is always the funniest <laughs> thing about Malter. <laughs> um, was a great was a great uh, dynamic. Um, so like that, I, I wouldn't mind them recreating that in different characters in a totally different, you know, and I trust Ryan Coogler cause I, I, everything I've seen of his has been fucking excellent. I didn't see the new black Panther, but, uh, you know, Creed was amazing. Fruitvale Station <sighs> was amazing. You don't need to Marvel's fucking dead, man. I'm telling you, it, it's, like, it's cooked, they, man, it's, it's fucking DC and Marvel movies. Once those stop making money, it's, you know, what's it, yeah, no, it, that's it. it. And That's and it's it. and it's rapidly approaching. They're not they're not doing the numbers they used to do. So I mean I, I think it's You think you know, the new Brie Larson Marvel movie is gonna fucking make money? <laughs> it's 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 Jover, as they say. Uh well yeah. apparently though, the the Flash movie, which I guess premiered at like CinemaCon, like got like universal rave reviews, which kind of gives you insight as to why they were like so desperate to not scrap the fucking terrorist nightmare lead actor of that movie to not scrap the movie that was, you know, being fucking, you know, headlined by a, a maniac. It's um, just, it's, it's just mistake after mistake. And, you know, even when you have, even when you had like a perfect guy to play fucking Superman, they fucking kicked him out. Yeah. Like why? <laughs> why? And he was, he, he's fucking great at it. It was even, unfortunate. Even though the like, movies were terrible. That, right. That was the problem is like everyone in that movie was really well cast. Jason Momoa was great as like a tough, like you know Samoan Aquaman like they're all really good well except for fucking Gal Gadot but they're all almost all really good in those roles it was just a fucking atrocious script and fucking 
visualization and like everything about those movies looked like shit. But um, yeah, they were really good in them. But I think unfortunately they sort of had the un- unwashable stank of Zack Snyder on them from those <laughs> movies. So it was kind of, you know, unfortunate, but I, I don't think they could have really recovered from that. Um, so I don't know. It'd be interesting. They, they have like a, you know, female Superman in this movie and, uh, fucking, you know, Keaton Batman showing up, but Affleck actually shows up in this too, apparently. So that's, you know, yeah, I'm just so past the point of caring at this point. I'll watch it when it's on, on max or, you know, whatever the fuck new streaming services. Uh, but I'm not going to go out of my way to fucking get it on VOD or even or go see it in the theater or anything Do like that. Do you watch that the new uh, John Mulaney uh, stand-up special on Netflix? Oh, no. I saw that came out the other day. Was it good? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I mean, he's funny. Um, he's, I don't yeah, I've know if he's him. necessarily a good person in real life. If you know the details of how he divorced his wife, he seems like kind of a dick. Yeah. Um, but, he, you know, he was a coke addict, uh, apparently. So it was most of his specials about, you know, having a basically an intervention uh, by a bunch of fellow comedians and having to go to rehab and what that was like for him. And, it, you know, it's, I mean, maybe half of it's probably true and the rest is just embellishing for, yeah, for, for comedy. It's, it's but a funny way to tell the story, but, but he's a good state of comedian and I don't have to agree with, you know, somebody's personal life. I think if, if somebody makes the fucking stand up special into a Dia tribe uh, of punching down against a particular kind of person, no, then that's, that's, that's not comedy anymore. Right. But, right. Which, you know, you know, unfortunately seems to happen when you, get 50 or 100 million dollars is that you just complain about you know people <laughs> fucking right. who are oppressed uh and and, and claim as and act as if those are the oppressors because they're the only people who actually hold you accountable at that point in your life um and but, good, i mean good comedy like this this I, I started watching the fucking stand-up special from uh what's her name ali wong yeah, yeah. and it, it's it's she's so not funny she's so not funny and like i don't have to agree with like you know her political agenda or whatever to still find the jokes funny if the jokes are funny, right. but none of her jokes are just not fucking funny. And it's just like, here's why men are shitty. Here's why, you know, we put up with all this, you know, and it's like, okay, it's just sure, hacky. It's, it's, like, it's very it, hacky. Like make, make a joke out of this <laughs> is right. the thing. And, and I hate to say this, but like seeing a stand up comedian go on a rant nonstop and never tell a joke is one thing, but it's it's amazing how much a good comedian knows when to smile or laugh at their own joke. It like makes you it's hard not to laugh or smile when you're watching somebody laughing and smiling, whether the joke's really good or not. But like I've I've, I've noticed even like Bill Hicks, he'd go on a rant and then tell a joke and he'd fucking crack up at his own joke. It's right. it's it's, a, it's you know, sometimes you just come up with something funny on the fly, you know, that you didn't plan to, to do. Or sometimes you just know when to do it because people are applauding and it's, you know, it's a back and forth kind of a thing. But like she never fucking laughs. She never fucking smiles <laughs> in in her whole fucking thing. I've, I tried watching it two separate times and both times I could only get about five minutes further before I was just like, this is the opposite of entertainment. Yeah, um, that's um, and but, you know, and it really is not even like success that necessarily does that. It's just a weird thing that breaks in some people's brains because you watch like. Like Marin's last stand-up special for HBO, I thought was fucking great. It was like he really was, you know, funny, and he got into a lot of the stuff. I mean, his he had a horrible fucking like his his girlfriend that he was I, I guess engaged to died like unexpectedly. Yeah, I watched this thing too. Yeah, and, and he doesn't really tell jokes that much either. Like no, he, but he, he, he kind of storytells. Right, but he's just he, very good and compelling at doing that. Which yeah, 
you yeah. know, a thousand podcasts or whatever he's done will, Michelle will Wolf. do for you. Michelle Wolf, watch her stand up. She's fucking amazing. She's hilarious. Yeah, she's really and she's funny. constantly laughing. Yeah. <laughs> like you and you know, it's it, it's not like, oh, just if you, you know, women comedian make fun of man, like that is inherently, you know, somehow unfunny, because I guarantee you can make a joke about anything and be funny. Um but yeah, I, so it's and it's a shame too because I'm, I'm sure there's a shitload of great comedians that are never going to see their own Netflix Netflix special um, because there's only so much you know they're only going to put so many things on there you know it's right. like it's like a currency right. Um, but every time I watch something somebody good, there'll be 15 other comedians that it'll suggest for me on Netflix that I know I'm not going to find funny. <laughs> right. Did you see that quote that Janelle Monet had, or I'm sorry, not Janelle Monet, Janelle James? I don't even know who that is, but uh, about Dave Chappelle um, the other day. I don't think I did know. Okay, so it, and it was I was it was very accurate though. I was like, oh wow, that's that hits the nail on the head. Uh, so she said uh, he's in his wisdom bag now. Once we forget that we're clowns, then it becomes bad. Your objective is to make people laugh and then speak your thoughts in under uh, in underneath the jokes. If your thoughts are on top, that's not funny. And that's that's ultimately, I think, the the perfect way to describe what what Dave Chappelle has become and what, you know, a lot of these like fucking anti woke comedians or these people who just have this weird obsession with trans people like just they, they, it's just yeah, you, you just can't you, you're you so mad about something that you need to feel like you're oppressed about when you're a fucking gajillionaire that you can't help but just talk rather than actually tell jokes. And now it's just mm-hmm. like, you know. I, you know, I still think Chappelle can tell a good story with a point to it. It's just that he, you know, is devoting all of his time now to one thing. Right. And everyone's telling him, like, dude, like, this isn't this. You're you're missing it. You're missing it here. But, you know, they're going to keep giving him money and he'll keep cheering out fucking transphobic shit. So yeah. it's a shame. It's a shame because he was the greatest modern stand up living, I think, you know, or the, the, the best living modern stand up, uh, you know, in the last whatever you know, decade or so. Certainly the most popular. I don't know if I would call him the best, but no, know. not of all time, but I think like a current, like working comedian, he was for, you know, a good chunk of time. I thought, mm. especially after the, the, the whole Louis debacle, like he, he had the belt, I think for a good 10 years or so. And then, you know, kind of had to go into obscurity and yeah, you know, whatever the hell he does now. But, um, he still, I mean, he still, it's not, you know, he, he still gets booked to like run Madison square garden. So it's not like he lost his livelihood or anything. It's just, it's not, you know, it, it it doesn't quite hit the same, but um, and I'm sure he still tells funny jokes, but like it just, you know, I, you only you only have a short reign on top of the comedy world anyway. I mean, very few people can really sustain that outside of like Carlin. I don't think anyone's really ever done it. And I think most comedians don't want to keep doing stand up forever because you know it takes a lot of fucking work to write that much dialogue Workshop for material for one and, person, right. <laughs> you know. Um. So speaking of comedy, I wanted to kind of close this out here with a little bit. Uh, the last thing I had for the Joe Biden segment. Um, and, you know, speaking of lazy writing, I'm just going to read some shit from The Onion because I thought it was funny. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Once again, uh, so this is um, President Joe Biden announced Tuesday that he'll run for reelection in 2024, despite consistently low approval ratings. <laughs> the Onion looks at the pros and cons of the president running for reelection. So Pros. Sets good example to Americans to work through their 80s. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pro. Staves off Harris Newsom ticket another four years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. Pro. 
Only minor edits needed on cable news graphics packages. <laughs> Pro. Electorate already used to settling. <laughs> yeah. And the last pro, we might get to see a dead body. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time since we had a president die in office. That was, I mean, that was that was Kennedy. It's the last time somebody died in office. Really the last time? Yeah, I guess it must have been because. Yeah, I mean, they usually kind of know, but um, you know, we've only had a couple presidents die from natural causes. It's very, in office. It's, I was gonna say very rarely in modern times. You see it a lot yeah. more in like the eighteen hundreds, but like in modern yeah, times, it's like presidents don't die of pneumonia that much anymore. No, no. No, we had a president who was clearly, you know, in the in the mid middle stages of dementia while he was in office. I and mean, we have one now. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, but we had one, you know, who was obviously like, you know, losing his faculties while he was in office. But that's probably the closest we came in modern times. That's probably like, you know, why Reagan wasn't worse, honestly. <laughs> right, because he just couldn't. I mean, it, you know, it was just relying on people yeah, scrambling to get him to sign things. And he was like, after, yeah, exactly. You know, where am I? Who am I? Like, it just was not. It was not uh, as easy to push things through with it. He probably would have been way worse because he was such a fucking yeah. mindless yes man who had no thoughts of his own, you know, his whole presidency anyway. Fucking, yeah, awful. Um, so now yeah, we have so, the, the cons list, the cons oh, yeah. <laughs> of Joe Biden being reelected. Uh, okay, first one, con, could be vaporized by single second of, micro- of microphone feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when his eye exploded on the fucking oh my debate God, stage? That was so gross. Oh my God. His eye <laughs> just pops. I was like, this guy's fucking oh, fucked, man. Oh, God. Like, literally, he's just a bag of fucking blood and flesh that's just <laughs> floating around inside of a. Some Cronenbergian nightmare. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Khan will be blamed for the mistakes of his predecessor, Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, con negative approval ratings, lack of policy success, and people not wanting him to run might hurt chances somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, two more here. Con he takes, uh, or no, I'm sorry, takes opportunity away from younger lackluster candidates. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's a good one. And the final con he might actually win. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Remember when the onion almost sucked, and then they were like, "No, yeah, fuck that shit. We're unionizing." And then they're now they were then they were good again. Yeah, no, oh, I remember it was a disaster. They were, um, but now they get criticized as being like Babylon B if they criticize, you know, fucking Biden or anything. It's like, do you do you people understand what comedy is? Yeah, like, no, there's because most most American liberals have zero concept of subtlety or like. The fact that you can criticize Biden or the Democrats from the left, it's just not even something that they, like you said about, you know, like when you, you're like, well, I just told you that, like, they don't even allow it to enter into their, no. into their consciousness because it goes in one ear and literally they do whatever they can to push it out quickly to the other end because they'd have to change their lifestyle and worldview if they really would engage with that information, you know, that true information. Not to mention that the Babylon B is like one of the few you know, conservative comedia- comedy outlets, it actually is sometimes funny. Yeah, very <laughs> like rarely, a- but every, like, one out of every ten, you're like, all right, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard for conservatives to be funny because, you know, the part of your brain that processes irony is also the part of your brain that processes empathy. Yeah. And that's a part of the brain that is underdeveloped in the conservative mind. 
that and the the creative part of your brain that comes up with you know <laughs> funny uh, or witty sayings is also not super developed. It's, in their and and I, I'm not being hyperbolic either. Like it's literally like the part of your brain, like you know, we're talking actual neurochemistry. Oh yeah, yeah, they've done studies. On doesn't develop in certain people, and it lends them, you know, to not having empathy for other people, uh, except for you know the people they physically know in their their sphere, their circle, their nuclear household. Yeah, uh, and it's the same part of the brain that process is irony it's how these people could be so fucking clueless that you know every time you hear them uh say what they don't like about communism it's actually they're describing capitalism and they don't yep. fucking understand the irony of that shit nope so yeah so, yeah you know just fucking ridiculous but all right um that's all i got yeah i think that does it for us this week but um yeah if you want to support the show rate and read subscribe wherever you get your podcasts uh follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left uh, facebook.com slash move left idiots patreon.com slash move left i am on twitter at move underscore left <clears throat> and i am on twitter at bike slutty yep we'll see you next week mm-hmm.